Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Grow As You Go podcast. This is your host, Michaela Deal. And today we're going to talk about anxiety, all about anxiety. This episode has been extremely requested and it's extremely near and dear to my heart. I've been dealing with this for a minute. And I think what we're going to name the episode is it's not weird to talk about anxiety. It's weird to act like it doesn't exist because I think there's a huge stigma around it. And I think a lot of people, you bring up anxiety and you bring up the fact that you may be struggling with something or that you feel a certain way. There's a stigma, you know, people are like, what the heck? And especially if they're not like from an area that is up and coming or maybe like a bigger city or something like that. I think a lot of times it can be there's no education on it. So everybody thinks that it's super weird. You know what I mean? And no one's self-aware. Um, so I think the more self-aware you are, I think the more you're able to understand maybe what it is that you go through. If you deal with, um, any type of anxiety in your day-to-day life or whatever, and how it affects you. I think it all comes back to education, honestly. So living in a bigger city, you have more access to different education as opposed to being in a small town. Your education is different you're more limited, I guess, to your resources, the things that you hear. And I think a lot of times people don't take the time to listen, to learn, to grow, to expand. At least I can say this from my own personal experience growing up in a small town, because you don't really feel like you need to, you know what I mean? And then once you move out of your hometown or you see the world in a different way, I feel like you're really able to expand your mindset a little bit and understand life a little bit differently. And again, not to say that you can't in a small town, but this is just my own personal experience with it, where I feel like me growing up in a small town, no one really talked about their feelings. No one really talked about their emotions, especially even in my household growing up, that wasn't something that was done either. So everything varies for sure in terms of how you were raised, where you were brought up and everything and the things that you've been through, things that you've seen. But my point with all of this is everybody probably, I don't know, has experienced anxiety at some point in their life, whether it is extremely minimal, maybe it's just like a certain situation, maybe it's just a speech that you have to give in front of a class. Maybe it's something like that where it's very situational, or maybe it's something that literally has been extremely prevalent in your life that has made it hard to live normally almost. And I have experienced it in both of those situations. And I just want to make it very, very normal talking about anxiety because I think that whenever we don't talk about things, we are avoiding them when in reality, having this conversation, I think could really be eye opening to a lot of people. So even if you don't have anxiety personally, or you don't feel like you do, I know for a fact, somebody in your life does. And it's just, I think it's super beneficial and it's helpful to kind of listen and hear other people's perspectives out. So you know how to be there for the people in your life that may need a little bit more support because they are struggling in ways that you might either not understand or a way that you haven't struggled before. So I'm going to break down the different types of anxiety, what anxiety is just in case someone literally doesn't know. And that's okay if you don't, but I think this episode in particular is one that I have put off. I actually know it's been one I put off doing just because I know how much goes into anxiety that I almost feel like I don't even know how one episode is going to wrap up all my thoughts, all my feelings, all my emotions, because this is literally like, I think, I think I've just been realizing it more. It's something that is so prevalent in my everyday life. And I've been struggling with anxiety. I don't remember like the first time that I like 
started experiencing it or becoming aware of the fact that I was dealing with it. But I want to say it was at least when I graduated college, which was in 2019. But I know for a fact I struggled with it also or have dealt with it. I don't want to say struggled. I don't really like using that word in terms of anxiety because I feel like it puts a negative connotation around it. And it is something that right now, currently in my life, I do view as negative because it does affect me negatively. But at the same time, it has made me exactly who I am. And it's made me this unique human being who can really get stuff done. And I'm really passionate about certain things. When I care, I care. I think it's made me a certain type of person. So I'm really trying to flip the way that I view it currently. Because even though maybe it is holding me back or I feel like it's holding me back at the end of the day, I think it's really, um, it's really causing me to view things in my life and how important they actually are and just really reassess what's important to me. So I've been living with feelings of anxiety. You know, I'm still trying to figure out how I want to even say that because I think I don't want to just identify as somebody who like has anxiety because I think anxiety comes and goes, but I'm somebody who definitely has experience with it. So maybe that's what we'll say. I'm experienced with anxiety and I understand what it's like. I'm like, how do you talk about this? I don't even know, but I'm trying to flip the way that I think about things and the way that I talk about it. Cause the way that you talk about it is the way your brain identifies how you feel about that thing. And then whenever you feel it, your body's kind of on, obviously you're in fight or flight whenever you're dealing with anxiety, but your body's more probably reject rejecting of that feeling that you might be having. I don't know if this makes sense. It all makes sense to me because I am working on the way that I kind of view things because I think it's very, very important. And I am in therapy for um, my anxiety and just like my everyday life in general, I think therapy is super important, but I just felt like it was important to say that because I think this was an episode that I knew one is going to be harder for me to talk about because this is my life and actually things I've experienced, but also, um, there's just so much that goes into it, you know? So I probably will do multiple episodes on anxiety, but I just wanted to preface with that. So if you are triggered by talking about anxiety in any way, I don't know if you are, but I just want to give a little bit of a trigger warning that I will be talking about mental health and just the way that I have experienced it and also how it affects my daily life and just a little bit about what it is so that you can kind of apply it to your life or use this information to better understand other people in your life. So let's get into it. So what is anxiety? Anxiety from Google, okay, says it is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired may occur. Common causes of anxiety can be normal and stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test. Anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive, all consuming and interfere with daily living. So again, from Google, I'm just reading off of here right now. Um, some causes of anxiety can be genetics. Anxiety disorders can run in families, brain chemistry. Some research suggests that anxiety disorders may be linked to faulty circuits in the brain that control fear and emotions, environmental stress, drug withdrawal or misuse, medical conditions. There's so many things basically bottom line. And I think a lot of your anxiety, if you are somebody who experiences it like on a daily basis or a weekly basis, or just not like outside of quote unquote, normal things that could bring that anxiety where it is a little bit more excessive. It probably is deep rooted and it probably has to do with the way that you were raised and it probably has to do with your childhood. And that's like the saddest, like honestly, the saddest thing 
for me recently because it just kind of sucks. And like the way that I think about things, I'm just like, dang, it kind of does stink that like I'm dealing with things in my everyday life today based on things that happened to me that I had no control over when I was younger. You know what I mean? So that's a hard pill to swallow because it can be, you're kind of like in denial. And I think I was in denial for a long time trying to just find any natural way to help myself and make myself feel better. So, but like it, it can be something that you have no control over. So I want to just ease your like, ease your mind a little bit and just let you know that it's okay. Um, if you are kind of picking up the pieces of something that happened to you when you were younger, or you feel a way that you can't even explain and you don't know why you feel that way. Valid. Okay. Valid. And I think it's the most important thing that we can do for ourselves in these situations is to just do check-ins, check in with ourselves, ask how we're feeling journal. There's so many things that I can get into and I'll get into solutions, but it can be from your childhood basically is what I'm trying to say. And it can be how you weren't loved, how you weren't cared for, maybe how your emotional needs weren't fulfilled when you needed them fulfilled. You were scared maybe at a young age, maybe you didn't have a, um, quote unquote, normal family life. Maybe it was a little bit more chaotic. Maybe you lived in a broken household. Maybe you were used to getting bopped around different places. I don't know what your situation is, but just know from me, my own experience and also from being in therapy and what my therapist has taught me. And she's a good one. She's a real good one. It took me a minute to find a good one, but she's really good. And she told me that recently because I've been dealing with a lot more anxiety than I'm used to dealing with. And I have been dealing with anxiety for years. I think it's just gotten harder to control because there's been so many moving parts to my life and so many things that I've been trying to figure out at once that it gets overwhelming and you just notice it more. And if you notice it in like daily things that you should and have enjoyed doing for so long, and it's starting to become a little bit of an issue, that is a problem because we don't want to become victim to a feeling that we can possibly fix, even if we don't know how to fix it right now. I apologize in advance because this episode, I am not using notes. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head because I feel like this has been really important for me to talk about. And it is extremely, extremely like prevalent right now in my everyday life. This is like my entire situation of what I'm dealing with. And I also like wanted this episode to be a little bit about the importance of like, um, nervous system regulation as well. So we're going to touch on the anxiety. I'm going to kind of talk about my anxiety a little bit and, how it manifests in my life. And I'm also going to talk about the different types of anxiety. And then I'll give you guys things that have helped things that I've tried and also, um, ways that you can help yourself and all the things, but I just kind of wanted to do this first episode on anxiety just to kind of put my foot in the door and kind of break the stigma a little bit about it, because this is something that I don't think should be weird to be talked about at all. I think it's weird when we start suppressing our emotions and not discussing the things that are really upsetting us and affecting our lives. I think that we become so much stronger when we're able to let that wall down and just have a conversation about it. Because I think by you being able to be vulnerable, by me being able to be vulnerable, I open the door to a lot of people feeling like it's okay for them to be vulnerable and to get the help that they need. And to me, that's everything. Like that's truly everything and that's all I want to do. And that's literally, I feel like my purpose in life a little bit is to just share my story and my struggles and help people in the ways that I feel called to do so and just share my story. Cause I've done so many things and I've been through a lot and I can definitely give insight on all the things that have helped me. 
All right, so let's get into the types of anxiety. So I told you what it is. Now we're going to talk about the different kinds. So the first one is generalized anxiety disorder. You feel excessive, unrealistic worry and tension with little or no reason. Next one is panic disorder. You feel sudden, intense fear that brings on a panic attack. During a panic attack, you may break out in a sweat, have chest pain, and a pounding heartbeat palpitations. Sometimes you may feel like you're choking or having a heart attack. Next one is social anxiety disorder also known as social phobia. This is when you feel overwhelming worry and self-consciousness about everyday social situations. You become obsessively worried about others judging you or being embarrassed or ridiculed. Next one is specific phobias. You feel intense fear of a specific object or situation such as heights or flying. This, this one is extremely situational. The fear goes beyond what's appropriate and may cause you to avoid ordinary situations. Next one, agoraphobia. I don't even know what this is. You have an intense fear of being in a place where it seems hard to escape or get help if an emergency occurs. For example, you may have panic or feel anxious when on a plane or public transportation or standing in line with a crowd, which I think kind of goes hand in hand with like being claustrophobic. It sounds like a little bit, but I don't know. Um, separation anxiety. Little kids aren't the only ones who feel scared or anxious when a loved one leaves. Anyone can get separation anxiety disorder if you do. You'll feel very anxious or fearful when a person you're close to leaves your sight. You'll always worry that something bad may happen to your loved one. Selective muticism. This is a type of social anxiety in which young kids who talk normally with their family don't speak in public, like at school. So I guess you're being selective with the people that you want to talk to. And you just like don't, like you'll get very mute around certain people. And last one. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Last one, medical-induced anxiety disorder. Use of certain medications or illegal drugs or withdrawal from certain drugs can trigger some symptoms of anxiety. So, again, some common symptoms that you might be dealing with anxiety would be panic, fear, or uneasiness, feelings of panic, doom, or danger, sleep problems, not being able to stay calm and still, cold, sweaty, numb, or tingling hands or feet, shortness of breath, breathing faster and more quickly than normal, hyperventilation, heart palpitations, dry mouth, nausea, tense muscles, dizziness, thinking about a problem over and over and unable to stop, rumination, inability to concentrate, intensively or obsessively avoiding feared objects or places. Yeah. So um, all these resonate with me, to be honest. I will tell you, I am just reading off WebMD at the moment, but I just feel like it's important for me to set the premise a little bit with some of this information, just in case no one's heard this before. But some risk factors for anxiety. So some things also make you more likely to develop an anxiety disorder. These are all called risk factors. So risk factors, which could put you at a higher risk for developing anxiety, would be a history of mental health disorder. Having another mental health disorder like depression raises your risk for anxiety. Childhood sexual abuse, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse or neglect during childhood is linked to anxiety disorders later in life. Trauma. Living through a traumatic event increases the risk of post-traumatic stress disorder, which can cause panic attacks. Negative life events. Stressful or negative life events like losing a parent in early childhood increase your risk for anxiety disorder. Severe illness or chronic health condition. Constant worry about your health or the health of a loved one or caring for someone who is sick can cause you to feel overwhelmed and anxious. Substance abuse and being shy as a child. So, also low self-esteem. Negative perceptions about yourself may lead to social anxiety disorder. So for me personally, I identify, I've been, I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder before, 
But I also definitely have social anxiety in certain situations as well, which is something that I do talk about a little bit on TikTok, but I don't go into it a ton in general just because I don't really love talking about that because I feel like sometimes talking about it, this this is me being so honest, can make it worse. I kind of like not telling a lot of people about it because I don't really think it's important to do so because I am extremely extroverted and I'm good in social environments. I think that's why... It has been confusing for me because sometimes I do just have anxiety about like going and being social with people and I hate that. It is just something that I am growing through, but I don't know. I think a lot of it, like I said, for me personally, at least has to do with the way that I was brought up. I think like childhood trauma, I think there's, there was some neglect in my childhood for sure. I haven't really went into anything and talked about that either, but hundred percent. So there's just been so much stuff that I've lived through before I even could think about it properly that I think has caused me to think about things and have my brain to work a certain way today. So that is why recently everything that I was explaining, my therapist was like, yeah, this sounds like something that happened to you when you were like a baby baby. And she was like, because you aren't even able to really calm yourself down whenever these things come up. And she was like, so it seems like it was before you had like your brain, your brain was like unsure of even how to, you couldn't even think about it. So it was just the way that your body took that information as a child and kept you safe. And that is to me what anxiety genuinely is just trying to keep you safe. And a lot of times self um, sabotaging is self protection. It is your body's way of trying to keep you safe because they know your body knows that this thing used to work to keep you safe at some point in your life even if it's no longer serving you. So you know what I mean? If you would maybe go inward and not talk to anybody about anything, that was keeping you safe at a time because it wasn't safe for you to express your emotions maybe. And that's not a long-term good thing that we want to continue on with today, especially in our adult life. But the more that we are able to reflect and kind of check out what we're doing, why do we do it? Is it serving us? And how is it getting in the way of our lives today? Because I think there's so many, so many different ways of just kind of looking at the things that we do. And each person is so different. I do things that you might not do. I think for me though, recently, it's just been getting more aware. I'm unable to hide from it. I'm unable to hide from the fact that this is something that I'm dealing with because it seems to be just manifesting physically in a way where I can't avoid it. And I think for a long time that I was dealing with anxiety, the people closest to me, especially my best friend, she knows it's been something I've been dealing with for years. And I literally can't thank her enough for being such a good friend and just being here for me constantly, especially because she understands it, but not to the extent that I do. And she tries so hard to understand. Um, But I think it can be really hard to understand anxiety if you haven't experienced it or if you're not aware of what it is. So that's why I felt like it was so important for me to do this episode. But I think when I started noticing it with myself um, was whenever I was in college having to make new friends, which obviously forced me out of my comfort zone to try to connect to people that I haven't had to connect to before because I was from a very small town and had my circle, had my friends, felt very confident in who I was in that small environment. You know, it's it's it is a, um, it's a huge world. And if you're from a small town and you feel like you're safe there, it's cause you are, there's really like, you're really not experiencing everything the world has to offer. You're not having to get triggered really, you know? 
And what I mean by triggers, in case that's something you don't know what that is, maybe a trigger is something that sets you off. This is my own personal definition. Something that maybe triggers you to feel a little bit uncomfortable, pushes you out of your comfort zone. So I think the more that you get comfortable pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you are going to grow so freaking quick. You're going to grow so much. I've grown so much forcing myself out of my comfort zone all over the past. God knows how many years. Okay. Like going to college obviously is one big thing. Getting my degree, moving to different cities, like at least three different cities. I moved to a couple of different schools, a couple of different things. I lost people in my life that I felt like were extremely important people at that time in my life. And I figured they'd be in my life forever and they aren't. And that's okay. But you know, whenever you think people are going to stick around and then you go through a process of losing multiple people, you go through breakups, maybe you have things happen in your life, um, maybe with illnesses in your family you go to school to do something and you end up not wanting to do that thing anymore. That's where I'm currently at. It can be debilitating. It can be stressful, especially if you don't have a family support system, because I think it's so amazing if people have that, but I, I mean, not everyone does. And I'm just talking from my own experience. I don't have that. I do. I'm close with my sister. I'm close with my dad, but like, I just don't have like a normal situation. So for me, I think I've been put through so much stress kind of, um, growing apart from a couple friends, I think going through a breakup for me, these are just things that have triggered me moving to a city 24 hours away from my hometown, um, having to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life, getting multiple jobs and realizing that I don't like them. And I haven't liked doing what I went to school for since literally a month of me doing it, which was like four years ago at this point. Guys, I don't know if you know, but I'm absolutely obsessed with meditating. And I know there's so many different ways of going about meditating these days. There's different apps. There's so many different things. And it can seem super freaking overwhelming, honestly. And for me, I'm going to tell you, I've tried tons of different apps. I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried ones on YouTube. It can be really hard to sit still. So if you're not somebody who likes just seated meditations or whatever it may be, or maybe you're just new to meditating, I have the perfect freaking thing for you. And I'm so excited to have a little offer to give you guys. I am obsessed with Superhuman. That is the app that I choose to use for my meditating these days because I find that it's the best. It gives me the most versatile situation. So I'm able to use it not only sitting down, but if I don't have time to sit down, I can also do walking meditations. I can do running errands meditations, up the wall meditations. You can have your legs just up stretching. There's stretching meditations. There's a lot of pep talks on there for every certain situation. I'm all into all those things. There's also a cleaning meditation as well. Travel meditations. I'm obsessed. They even have ones to listen to before you go on a first date or after like a family dinner, if it went bad, like they have everything you could possibly need. So I'm so excited to give you guys this offer. So I reached out to superhuman cause I really wanted to work with them and they are letting me offer you guys a hundred percent off a one month trial also plus the two week free trial period. So by trying and signing up with my code, you get a six weeks free membership through them. So you're able, it gives you plenty of time to try it. If it's not something that you like, you can just cancel it. Simple as that. But I love how much time they're giving you guys to kind of try it out because I know for a fact that you're probably going to fall in love with it. And if you stick with it and stay consistent, I promise you like even just a couple days a week and notice what it will do to your mental health. You will have a much more calm brain. You're going to feel way more connected to yourself and it allows you to set intentions throughout your day that genuinely have changed my life, especially going to work at a job that isn't necessarily what I want to be doing with my life these days. It helps me to have a good mindset to go into whatever day, no matter what I'm doing. It helps me to stay focused, present, and just living in the moment, which I love. 
But so, like I said, it gives you six weeks to figure out if it is something that you want to stick with or not, and you will not get charged until after the six weeks is up. So let's say you started it and you want to cancel it literally the next day. You can cancel it the next day and you still will have six weeks to use it. And if it is something you decide that you want to do again, you could always, you know what I mean, go back to it. But this way you have plenty of time to figure out if it's something that you want to do or not. The sign up with my code only works if you go through the website though. So I will have that linked below. You can't go through the app store or Google play or anything like that. In order to get this deal, you need to go to www.superhuman.app slash register, sign up with my code Michaela. That is M I C H A E L A. And I will have all that listed below, but please give it a try. I swear to God, you guys will love it so much. And I can tell you it has hundred percent changed my life for the better. And it's something that I incorporate in my every single day life where meditating always was something that was super hard for me to find time to do. Go and try superhuman and become literally a superhuman. I swear to God, I am a superhuman now because of this app. So for me, I think I've just been going through a bit of a stressful time because for four years I haven't liked my career and that can really affect you every single day in your mental health. And I think that my mental health has been struggling for the past four years. And I'm at the point where I've been trying everything to make myself feel better and to try the things that do make me feel better. And I've found things like I know what does work, but I'm just still dealing with issues with my life. And I think, again, like I said, it's very deep rooted for me. And even with me doing all the things and having a very healthy lifestyle, exercising, meditating, going to therapy, um, considering medication, being on medication. I also have ADHD. So that's just another little factor in my situation, because when you do have ADHD, it can add to your anxiety, make your anxiety worse. I recently just got off ADHD medication and birth control. And I did talk about that in the last episode fully. So if you want more information on that, go listen to that episode. Cause you'll just hear a lot more about that situation in depth, but that started to trigger me recently with getting off my ADHD meds because I felt like that helped my social anxiety when I would experience it and it helped me have a little bit less anxiety be okay with pushing myself out of my comfort zone more but it started to affect me negatively with anxiety also where I felt like it was causing me to have panic attacks and I never had those before and I was like what's going on so I got off ADHD medication for that reason just because I wanted to see how my body felt without me taking anything that was like actually like a prescription medication or birth control and to see if my mental health is better, see how everything's going, just kind of raw dog my life a little bit and just be able to like kind of see how things are because it's hard to know whenever you're on something, you know what I mean? Sometimes. And I already knew before even having those panic attacks that I felt a little floaty. I felt a little weird. So I did talk to my therapist and I was like, should I, and my psychiatrist, cause that's who prescribed me my ADHD medication. And we made the decision to stop and I'm happy that I did, but it really just kind of ripped the bandaid off with like other things I've been dealing with. So it started to show me what's going on. Something's very wrong because I was able to, I was not able to regulate myself at work. I was like freaking out about something. And I really think there could be something going on with my under, like an underlying health issue possibly. I don't know, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. Um, cause they don't want to rule it out as just anxiety and stress that I'm dealing with. They think it could be something else because me being on ADHD medication, even before I would deal with anxiety regularly, but not to the point where I wouldn't want to do things. I think it's just been getting worse. Um, so 
basically, long story short, we're trying to figure that one out. But the ways that I notice it with myself is definitely generalized where my, I will just have a little bit of racing thoughts. I'll worry about things too much. It's hard for me to just let things go. Sometimes I really have to actively try and work on like letting certain things go. It can be like the littlest thing. Certain things can just affect me differently than they would someone else. And just regulating my nervous system is just harder to do. Um, so I'm really working at that, but yeah. So I think the ways that I've been noticing it, I just, I don't know, at least with my job, it's very environmental with my job. I don't want to be there. And not that I just don't want to be there. I'll go there and I'm just like worked up. I'm in fight or flight all day. And fight or flight is when your nervous system is literally like getting ready to fight a tiger is what that means. So when your nervous system is constantly on edge, it is mentally exhausting. And I already get stressed out being there, but it's just been, I don't even know things have just been weird. There's been medical things that have been causing my anxiety to be a lot worse before this. So like, I don't even know if I'm doing a great job of explaining it at the moment, but this is the best I can explain it today. And I wanted to get this episode out there, but basically with me dealing with my own health issues currently, it's been making it really, really like unbearable for me to be there. And I know it's time for me to make a change in my career for sure. And I just need to be able to do so, um, and kind of take the next steps to figure out exactly what that is. Cause I'm trying to figure it out. And I know there's a lot of things that I have to kind of get in check with myself, but for me, my job is triggering on top of that. Also, like even going to the gym sometimes can be very triggering for me, not because I don't want to work out and I don't know what I'm doing, but I just don't want, like, there's something about walking into that gym whenever I'm struggling with my own shit mentally that makes it like unbearable to be there. And these are things that I'm trying to uncover currently within myself because, um, that isn't something that's super normal for me. I've always been able to kind of push through it and go, and I am still pushing myself to go and everything, but my nervous system is super, super, dysregulated and shuts down in those moments sometimes where I literally, it's almost like not even productive for me to go to the gym if I go and I'm feeling like that. So that's just been my like current reality recently where things have just gotten a lot harder. And I think it's because of possibly getting off my ADHD medication and my birth control. I think that it's causing just things to be different. I think my brain's trying to kind of balance things out a little bit. Cause I think my brain got used to possibly the ADHD medication, making things easier. So now everything feels extra hard. Who knows? I'm not trying to just go and rant and rant about my own issues and what I'm going through, but I just wanted to explain that in case anybody can relate. And maybe that can help you in some way, because I know it, it is super, um, comforting whenever you're going through something like this and you know that someone else can relate to you. It makes you feel like you're not crazy because you're not. I want you to know if your body's telling you something, it's always important to listen to your body and do the things that are going to make you feel better, even if they feel hard to do and show up for yourself each and every day and just work on your confidence, work on your self-discipline, control the things that you can control and let go of the things that you can't control. If you can't control them, there's no point in just allowing them to just run rampant in your mind because that's just going to cause more anxiety because you can't control that thing. So there's no point in thinking about it. Let it go. And I know it's really hard to just let it go, but I I've really done a lot of like work and a lot of like self-development and everything. And I know that sometimes it is easier for me to just let it go and talk to myself and my inner dialogue is a lot nicer and it's a lot easier to understand my own thoughts and emotions 
And sometimes it's just really confusing and everything feels hard. And that's just the reality of this. So I wanted to be very transparent about that. And that's kind of where it's been for me recently. But each and every day I'm pushing myself to do the things that even if they seem a little bit uncomfy or my brain is telling me that I can't do that thing, I go and do it anyways because it shows you that you can. Unless you need to sleep, unless you need to rest. If you, if for instance, you're trying to work out and your brain is like, like trying to give you things, there's a difference between your brain telling you that you can't do something that you can do and you're, you feel okay. And there's a difference between your body not feeling well or possibly capable of doing that thing too. So sometimes if I feel like I'm too tired, I won't push myself to go work out. No, I won't. I will work out whenever I make sure that I have enough sleep and that I feel rested. I had a meal before I am like prepared. I know what workout I'm doing. I'm in a good mindset. I'll try to do every single thing that I can to make my future self happy and the least amount of stress possible so that I can just have a great workout. So if you want to work out and maybe the gym does seem too overwhelming for you that day, do a workout at home, you know, and it's something that you just have to keep working with and be patient with yourself. If you can relate to your anxiety, maybe making you not want to do things some days and you know, that's life. And it could be a little bit of a mixture of other things that you might have going on mentally too. I'm not trying to chalk everything you're dealing with, or maybe you can't even relate to me, but I don't want to chalk up like anything that you're going through to just anxiety. Because if you are relating to some of these, I always say like, it's important to just go talk to someone, get a therapist. If you can, I have a whole episode on how to get started in therapy. And that is episode, I think 10. Um, on my podcast here. So go listen to that. If you're interested, I break every single thing down for you. And also a psychiatrist, if you're looking to possibly get on medication, that is important to have a separate person for that just because they can prescribe. So they can give you the meds. Therapists can't give you medication. Psychiatrists can give you medication. So just because you get a therapist, you would still have to go find a psychiatrist basically. So looking into that, I think it's important to talk to a psychiatrist because they specialize in diagnosing. So if you do want certain things maybe diagnosed, you want to be able to talk about your feelings and see what they think you have going on. That's the way to go with it. For me, it is ADHD and anxiety that I deal with on a daily basis, baby, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I really want to make known. I am working on the way that I think about my mental health and I'm back and forth with it each and every day. And it's hard when you're struggling to have a good mindset about it, but I am very positive and I understand that it is all happening for me, not against me. Like I know I'm going through all these things to help other people and I know that things are getting better. It just takes work. It takes time and it takes dedication to understand your thoughts, your emotions and to get help. There's nothing wrong with getting help if you need it. I really want to make that clear because for me, my health is so important and I always knew that my mental health was important as well and I would do the things that I could to make myself feel better that I could control. I'm going to name all the things that I've done that I have done for my anxiety. I've tried before medication, all those things and also just medications I've tried. I'll, I'll explain all that super quickly and things that I do today. So things that I do um, are... I try to get eight hours of sleep a night. It's super important. So doing that is vital. And I've been trying to get better at that. I have an aura ring, so it actually tracks my sleep. You don't need an aura ring to get eight hours of sleep. But if you really want to take the next step in your health journey and you can afford it, an aura ring is awesome. I will have a referral code below. I just got it whenever I bought my aura ring. It gave me a code to give people $40 off. And I've had several people that I've sent this to already just from the internet. So I will put that below in case anyone is interested. But tracking your sleep, 
making sure you're getting enough sleep, creating routine in your life, especially if your life is a little bit hectic at the moment and your career is not set in stone. Maybe your routine's not set in stone. Um, that is so important to have somewhat of a routine. So at the minimum, try to really just create a morning or a nighttime routine for yourself. Both is recommended. I have both. So I try to have a morning routine that just keeps me together. And my morning routine right now has been kind of all over the place, but I'm being so kind to myself, but eight hours of sleep. Then I would wake up morning routine would consist of me journaling, me meditating, me doing a little bit of breath work. That is new. The breath work is new. There's something called somatic shaking recently that I started doing. I've done it only like twice, but there's so much research behind it. And I've like listened to so many people and my therapist even said it's important to do. You just kind of shake your body out. So I'm going to explain what that is. I think in a different episode, I'll do nervous system regulation and what is helping me and what I'm going to currently be doing. So I'll go more in depth on somatic shaking next time, but basically it completes a stress cycle. So animals after they run away from a tiger or something, right? Cause we have the same stress cycles as animals. So after they get away from the tiger, let's say, and they survive, they shake and it's normal. It's healthy. It's normal to shake. You shake all that energy out and you'll always see it. We never do. Cause obviously we're not really looking at around it, seeing this kind of stuff happen, but we have the same stress cycle. So if we're not shaking a little bit, that body or that energy gets stored in our body. So I've been really trying to prioritize the things that I know I need to be doing to really help myself. And I really want to start doing that. And so I know that might sound crazy to some people, but it really has like I've, I've done when I do research, that means I watch a thousand people that do it, talk about their experience with it. So I was getting a lot of like real life experiences from people that do it and people that are they, they specialize in teaching somatic practices or whatever. And you're supposed to basically just keep your feet on the ground and you just shake your body around like literally and you can put on two of your favorite songs and just listen to them songs that like hype you up songs that just maybe make you be a little bit more mindful so somatic shaking okay that's what i've been doing i've been trying to do it for about five minutes breath work i've been trying to do for about like 10 minutes and meditating at least five minutes i'm trying to keep it shorter just because i know i'm putting a lot on myself to try to do these but for me these are kind of non-negotiables i feel like if i'm not getting these done I'm really just kind of raining on my own parade because if I continue to do these each and every day, I know I would see positive changes and I need to be doing them right now for where my life is at. But sometimes you can only do so much and your best looks different each and every day. So I really want to um, make that very clear. Okay. So try to have a morning routine that isn't super overwhelming for you. I've been working at my routines for a very long time, at least a year to get a lot of the stuff that I have gotten in like set in stone, set in stone. So once you have a decent foundation, you're able to add things a little bit easier. So those are the three things. And then I also journal. That's super important. So for me, journaling is using like I'll set an intention for the day. I'll do some gratitude. I'll do affirmations. And I use two journals that I will link below currently. One is a grounded practice journal, which is good for manifesting. And I set my intention on there. My other one is a new one that I just got. And that one is called like 60 days, I think like to get to your highest self or something. I just got that at an event that I went to and 
The other journal I'm using, I actually got a, another event that I went to. I bought that one. So those are the two I'm using currently just to kind of have my morning routine, keep me mindful, keep me focused on my goals and everything. Also, I do another journal. I do like three journals, dude. I'm out here trying in these streets, okay? I do a We're Not Really Strangers journal just because I'm huge on um, getting to know myself and just really being intentional with myself and trying to just figure things out about myself basically and this one is 365 pages so I'll do one a day I started this year on January 1st and it basically goes over a ton of questions that you can ask yourself that just make you think a little bit and I think that it's important to take time to connect with yourself each and every day so just wrap that all up to journaling basically just journaling in some way I want to get better about actually writing down my thoughts I think that could be really helpful for me Instead of just like doing prompted ones, I think I need to get better about like actually brain dumping a little bit more. So that would be just writing anything like three pages a day about what comes up in my mind right when I wake up. I want to start doing that. I think it's called morning pages. I also always prioritize my health. So for me, that's taking my greens in the morning. I love my greens. I take memory greens. I take CMOS, um, which is amazing for your mental health and amazing for your health. I take supplements. Um, a lot of them are, some of them are for focusing on energy, anxiety, stuff like that, but just overall health. And they are from brain MD and I've checked those with my doctor. They're all good things. Nothing crazy. You know what I mean? That I'm taking all just good things for your mental health. Making sure I'm eating good meals at home is a huge one that I'm currently working on. I meal prep every Sunday normally, unless like I'm traveling or something. And yeah, I just think that just doing the little things like that. They, this might seem like really easy things. Yeah. Like it's just my mindful morning, my mindful little things that I make little shifts in my life working out. I work out at least four to five times a week. If I don't make it to the gym, I will work out at home. Normally I will work out at the gym, but with whatever I've been going through recently, it's been harder for me to do that all the time. So I am still getting back into the swing of things with the gym. It's just been very crazy with the traveling and my health and everything recently. So we are getting back in the gym for every workout. Okay. But recently it has been a little bit all over the place. Exercising is crucial for your mental health. Always forcing yourself out of your comfort zone to try new things, maybe like weekly. If you are afraid of going to the gym, go to the gym. Like those are the things that are going to make you grow so much. Um, just if you have anxiety about doing certain things, try to force yourself to go out and do them and not like force in a negative way, but force in a way where you're like, okay, cool. This is going to be a good experience. We're going to go to this coffee shop by ourselves and we're going to journal there or whatever. Like that sounds like a vibe. I should probably start doing that to be honest with you. Basically though, that's all I'll kind of go over when it comes to like things that I do for my mental health, but I've tried so many things in terms of my anxiety and helping with my situations that I have and try to reprogram my brain and all that stuff. And a lot of it does help. And it's definitely changed the person that I am today, but it's still there. I would be lying to you if I said I don't have anxiety and I don't deal with it. Like I do and I deal with it. And some days it sucks and some days it's better. And I don't let it control me anymore. I think that's the difference. I think I went through a little bit of a time period where I would let it control me where now I'm like, no, like I know what I need to do to feel better. We're going to do the things that make us feel better. We're going to start small. We're going to just do what feels good. If we can't get it all done today, that's okay. To-do list. That's another one. Huge to-do list is somebody for me who has anxiety and ADHD. ADHD is my main thing with that. It helps keep my thoughts on paper. It helps me prioritize the things I need to get done for each and every day. And 
it's super helpful. So I'll notice that if things are getting a little bit more chaotic. Maybe I'm not journaling. Maybe I'm not doing all these things that make me feel good. Maybe I'm not working out as much. You know, there's like a number of things. Maybe I'm isolating from friends. Um, And what I mean by that is maybe I just haven't got to talk to my friends. Maybe they've been busy. Maybe I've been busy. Maybe our schedules haven't lined up. Yeah. It's called let's prioritize time with our friends because that is so important. So ever since like this all happened, like I still went even after like everything happened with my health. I still went on my trip to Denver, prioritized that time with friends because I would have been so upset if I didn't go. And then... I've been trying to get my life in order even since I've been back and I went to the doctors and I've gotten updates and stuff in terms of that, which I'll talk about super quickly here at the end. But I've been just prioritizing friend time more like and making it an effort like, okay, no, Shelby, me and you are going to the gym together because like we always have. So I think us not doing that, you know, it's like that was our time. So just making sure we have that time. We've we've been going to dinner and stuff like twice since I've been back and noticed that I'm like, I need to be like spending more time with friends. I need to be doing more things and like still like allowing, like pushing myself, even if on dates where maybe I don't want to call like family calling them, you know what I mean? Just, it, it's good. It, it like, even if you don't feel not because you don't want to talk to them, but maybe you just don't feel up to it. You do. And it makes you feel a lot better. That's my point there. Um, It's important to have connection in your life and check in with yourself and other people that keeps you not feeling so alone, you know? And another huge thing for me that's helped is podcasts. I listen to so many, dude. Like I listen to so many podcasts, probably like 20, 20 or more different podcasts that I'll kind of circulate through, but I love them. I love them. And I always listen to like self-help podcasts, self-help books we love, but they've been super beneficial for me. Reading is super beneficial it's just been hard for me to time manage and find like all the time to like put into things. But these are things that have helped me. So I've tried all these things and I still, you know what I mean? Either it's hard to put them all on your schedule sometimes if you're like getting in your routine or you fall short somewhere, but I've also tried medication. So I tried sertraline one time, one time. And this was awful. This was, I don't even remember when this was, this was like 2021. 2021. Yeah, I think it was 2021. I took sertraline, half of a pill, half of a pill as directed by my, um, whoever prescribed that to me. I don't even remember who it was, to be honest with you. No clue. Um, but I took it and I didn't like it. It made me feel super slow and it stressed me out in my very stressful work environment, which is fast paced. Basically, I felt like I couldn't perform super well. So I never took that again. And that kind of scarred me. Then I took my ADHD medication. I liked that. But then I felt like it was making me have panic attacks. I'm not sure if it was correlated at all. I don't know if it just made me more aware. And I was going through stuff anyways, or if it did have to do with my ADHD medication. But nonetheless, we stopped. And then my birth control I was on, obviously, that could have been causing some of my mental health situations, but I don't know. So that's why we're off of it now. Um, but last thing I've taken is propanolol and that is new. That is recent. That is to regulate blood pressure. And that is also to lower anxiety. So you can take that as needed, or you can take it like one to two a day, every day. But I've taken, I took it when I was on my trip in Denver and it helped a lot. And I took it two. I've taken it a couple of times since I've been back going to work or in situations where I've just noticed that my anxiety was just freaking out and I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't control it. So it helps a lot. I feel like I'm totally myself still when I'm on propanolol. And I think I'm at the point right now where I need to start taking it every single day. But I'm still coming around to that 
honestly at the moment, but I think that that's something I'm going to be doing, like just taking it in the mornings, even before I actually need it, need it. Because I think by waiting to take it until like I'm in a stressful situation, one, that's not really good self-care for myself because I think that it's just pushing me to the limit. And I don't know what I'm dealing with in terms of my health at the moment. So like, I don't, it, it has been helping. And I think I've had a lot of stress and anxiety around my health because I feel like I have no clue what's going on. And there could be something that's like under the surface going on wrong with me that is a little bit deeper than mental health. So, but mental health is deep enough. I'm going to tell you that right now. Mental health is deep enough. So even if nothing comes back, I'm a hundred percent prioritizing self-regulation, like nervous system regulation, my mental health, things that make me feel good and I'm sticking to them. And I'm really just at a point in my life right now where I'm really trying my hardest to feel good with myself and continue growing each and every day. And that looks different every day, but like really pushing myself to get the stuff done that I need to do. And I think being on medication might be that thing for me to really help me kind of take the next steps of getting to where I want to go. So yeah, that's kind of the update there on propanolol. But I want you to know that if you're at a point where you're scared of getting on medication or you're not sure what to do and it freaks you out, I understand that. But it might be time. And from somebody who was really scared about it for a long time, just trying to go into it with an open mind and understand that it really might make you feel better, you know, and everybody's different. I never felt like I was at a point where I was like, oh, I need to be on medication. I always felt like I had the choice. And I still feel that way, but it's just getting like a little bit more dicey where I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like putting myself in this constant wake up and I don't know how I'm going to feel today. And I think that by taking medication, it could be beneficial. So not to say that everyone is going to be this way. You might not need it. You might not want to take it. I totally respect and support that. But I just wanted to give my perspective a little bit from somebody who does have a little bit of fear and anxiety around taking medication itself that it's okay to do. And when I took propanolol, anytime I've taken it, it's only made me feel better. And I actually haven't noticed any negative side effects. So they might be something that I'm just going to be doing in general to help ease my anxiety and help, at least for now, to kind of move on from this situation. So I think that's what I'm going to try to start doing. It's just hard because like, I don't want to take it and like have a negative experience if I'm like spending time with people and I'm on it. I have like a fear that it's going to make me act weird or something. I don't know. I'm sure people can relate that are listening, but I want you to know that a lot of times that fear is not real and it's just in your head. You can always do all the things that your mind tells you that you can't do. And your brain is tricky. Your brain's really smart. So I just want you to know that like, just because you were thinking something, your brain could literally be trying to trick you so hard from like not doing things like, oh, I can't go to the gym. No, you can. I promise like go and at least try see how you're feeling, you probably can. And like also trying to just change the way that you think about it before you get there. If you can, that's helpful too. just looking at things in a positive way and being able to separate from anxious thoughts first, normal, logical thoughts that are like good. And also another huge part of this that I've learned in therapy is that there's so many different parts of yourself that make you up. And a lot of the parts that are anxious or fear-based or have anxiety or whatever it may be, they are not your age today. They are probably younger parts of you that have not fully resolved the trauma or the things that stressed you out when you were younger. So those voices, not voices, I, those thoughts that you're having, like if you hear a thought and you can't differentiate if it is like real or not, if you're like, oh, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. That might not be reality. That might just be 
a younger scared part of you that is trying to keep you safe from not going because they know that you get a little bit triggered in that environment. You know what I mean? So I've learned that in therapy and that's definitely something that I'm continuing to learn more about each and every time that I see my therapist. But definitely look in, if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, look into shadow work, journaling, um, look into inner child healing, okay, is what it's called. Just like doing things to connect with your younger self because that part of you is still inside of you. So by doing things that help you connect to that part of yourself, you're, it's really therapeutic for sure and it makes you feel good. It makes you feel connected to yourself. So also a little reminder that it maybe if you love to do certain things and you haven't been doing them, try to get back into those things for sure because I think that that could be Another reason you might just feel like it's hard to keep up with what's going on in your life and it might be hard to connect to who you are because you are changing so much, you know what I mean? And that's okay, but finding the time to do the things that we've always loved, even when we were younger, even, even if you're not getting anything out of it, you don't have to be getting like success, fame, money, doesn't have to be your job right now, but even just taking 30 minutes a day to do something that makes you feel good, that helps you connect to a part of yourself that you maybe haven't connected with in a long time, do it, do it. Also for me, I love praying, praying something that always has helped me in my life. Um, so i not to make this a religious thing, but I would be ridiculous to not share that part because it's helped me a ton and I'm never trying to not share that information, but I'm not ever trying to make it just about that either. So yeah, um, praying and like getting in touch with your faith, super, super beneficial to your mental health as well. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of everything that we're going to talk about. I think today in terms of anxiety, and those are just ways that you can help yourself. You can always get on medication. You can always get a therapist. I always recommend therapy, even if you think you don't need it, try it. And you might not get the best therapist the first time around. That's my whole point of my podcast episode that I explain about therapy. I share my like entire experience in therapy, how to get a therapist, all the things. But I shared an analogy before where it's like going into a bookstore. You might not like the first couple books that you pick up. You might not like it enough to buy it, right? But they help you learn a little bit. You're like, oh, I don't really want this. But then if you, if you just leave, then you're never going to find the good book. But if you keep looking, you're going to find a good one. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with the therapist. Um, definitely don't be discouraged if it doesn't work out the first couple of times. It took me three times. It was my third therapist. And I was like, thank God. I literally cried when I got off because I was like, I was like, thank God. It feels so good to be heard and seen and actually feel like I got validated during a session and I wasn't just wasting my time talking. You know what I mean? Like I felt like she was really, really actually helping me and giving me tools to use, which was so nice. Not everybody that is a therapist should be a therapist. That's all I'm going to say. You know, no freaking way. I had awful experiences, at least with my second one. That was the worst. But so don't be discouraged. And also just be kind to yourself. And also just want to make it very, very, very clear. There is 0% stigma around mental health. If you don't feel comfortable talking about mental health, it might mean that you need to dive a little bit deeper. Because even if you are someone who doesn't struggle with mental health personally, there, it's it's a prevalent, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's a huge freaking issue in the world with mental health. And I think that if you don't want to talk about it, you should at least want to learn about it because there's a lot to learn and it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So even if maybe you don't deal with it, maybe your kids might. So like, just educate yourself a little bit and understand that it is not you're not weak for asking for help. The strongest thing that you could ever do for yourself sometimes is literally asking for help. There shouldn't be a stigma at all around sharing your emotions, feeling your emotions, being vulnerable, especially if you're a guy. I want to make that very clear, especially if you're a guy. I feel like there's such a stigma around like men sharing their emotions and like being vulnerable and 
all the things that makes you weak. It doesn't. I think everybody deals with that a little bit, but I know men definitely do. And I hate that so much. I literally hate it. And I always try. I always, always just want everyone to know that like, it's so okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And it's also not okay to use that as an excuse to like close up and not get help. I think that obviously everybody grows at their own pace and everything, but if you are a guy and you feel like it, you aren't allowed to cry, you're not allowed to feel, you're not allowed to be upset about anything and you're not allowed to just connect to yourself mentally and you're not allowed to ever struggle. You are. And I think you're so much like stronger and I have so much respect for anyone who's able to open themselves up and even try to get help or learn about their mental health or care for mental health in people in their loved lives. I think that I love, I love men that connect to their mental health and their vulnerability. I love it so much. And I know a couple that are literally amazing at it. And I just want to make this known because I think that I know it is something that is a huge issue. So yeah, I just want you guys to know that if you are struggling anyway, it's always okay to ask for help. It is the strongest thing that you can ever do is ask for help. Okay. I love you. And if you're struggling, I'm so sorry. Just know it is going to get better. I promise. So I think that's all we're going to talk about today in terms of anxiety and everything. So if you guys want me to talk about something that maybe I didn't go over about anxiety, please let me know. And I will, I promise, make an episode on that. Message me. Let me know. I don't know unless you let me know. Okay. But also, um, yeah, that's everything with anxiety for now. I'm going to do a dysregulation, like how to regulate your nervous system one, I think next time on just things that I'm going to be doing and going into detail about why they're important, things that I do, which ones I'm using in terms of it's like a certain category, like what I specifically do or what I'm going to be doing to regulate my nervous system and why it is so important. And yeah, so that is that. I'm actually traveling home. We got a surprise trip this upcoming weekend. So can't say much about this trip right now because it is a surprise for my friend and his birthday. So we're going to leave it at that for now, but I will give you guys more information next time. I'll give you more deets. I'll give you all the info, but yeah, basically where we've been at recently is just trying to force ourselves to do more prioritizing time with friends and loved ones and just trying to do the things that help connect you to yourself. You know, that's literally where I'm at right now. So today I am, it's Sunday and I'm going to be getting ready to go spend time with someone and yeah, just enjoy my life. That's where we're at right now. The propanolol is something that I am taking as needed. I am going to be trying to take it every single day, I think, um, coming just to see how things are going, how I'm feeling. Because I think, I don't think that I need it, but I think that it's totally helpful currently in my life and where I'm at at the moment. So I'll give you guys more information next time I see you, next time we chat or whatever about my trip home and also everything I did and stuff. We'll do a little update. And I don't know if there's anything else I need to tell you. I don't know. But just know I love you. And just know if it has been a little bit freaking rough or a little bit hard out there in these streets, it's okay and it's going to get better. Okay? It is okay. It's going to get better. And even if it seems like you're just struggling a ton right now, you're going to get through this. Okay? You're going to make it through. Okay? Bigger and better and stronger than ever. So just think every decision that you're making right now, make it for your higher, like your higher self. How would your higher self show up? Because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make my future self happy. I'm trying to do the things that I don't want to do sometimes because I know they're going to make me feel so much better. Even if they seem hard, it's just going to help get you that much closer to where you want to go and help get you to your freaking goals. But I love you guys so much. My mental health tip for the week. Hmm. 
I think I gave you guys like 12. I'm going to be so honest with you. I have not seen the Barbie movie since last week. I know I told you guys I was going to do that and I am. I think I'm going to do it tomorrow night. I almost did it last night, but I've been so freaking busy. But last night I just wanted to chill. So I watched a movie at home and ate at home. So I was like, all right, let's save some money. But I think tomorrow I'm going to try to go see it possibly tomorrow night. We'll see. Um, but I really want to do it. So it will be happening in the next couple weeks, but with my trip home and everything too, I'm kind of like, what the heck? Abby's also going to be in town starting on Tuesday to Thursday. Cause she's here for work. So she'll be staying with me. And then I leave with her on Thursday and I'll be gone until Sunday. So S M H S M H mental health tip of the week. I would say try somatic shaking. So literally just shake your body around literally just like keep your feet on the ground and shake for like five minutes. Try to do it like this week, every single day for five minutes, see how that makes you feel or try breath work. One of the two. And if you want to do breath work, look up Wim Hof on YouTube and check that out because that is what I did. I've only done it once so far, but it was good. I'm honestly going to try to do it today again before I go and do stuff just because I feel like it was just really, really awesome. I really, really loved it to be honest. And it's something I'm trying to do each and every day. So check those out. Cause I know for a fact that they will help your mental health. If you can kind of get them in your everyday routine or at least a couple days of your week. But I think every day would be the best way for you to see results probably, but I love you guys so much and I will see you next Monday.